So you're going to ask yourself now probably, well, how can I get involved? Now, that's quite, quite simple there. Number one is that if you're a person that prays or fasts, we need prayers and we need fasting, okay? Uh, we're believing for some big stuff. Me and my team, we've stepped out of this in, in quite a big way. There's some really big, big things that we're believing for. And, um, and we'd love it if you come, even coming to the back of the Ask Me desk, Joel will be there after the service now. You know, we can give you some really key pointers on that. Um, number two is that uh, you can volunteer to be a church leader, uh, a camp leader, sorry. Um, we're really looking for, um, for people to come along and to, and to really work, to come alongside and work with us. Uh, number three, um, you know, parents have been given the task of getting their kids to camp. It's not far from here, but we're going to try and encourage them as well to, to carpool. But there might be an instance where uh, we might have some kids that need transport. So you might want to consider putting your name down as like the reserve transport person. Um, and just lastly, um, to help, uh, sorry, kids can, um, another way is just to help us in our fundraising events. So an example of this, next week we're doing Kids in the Cafe. So we are asking parents of the kids to bring um, muffins or custard slices or whatever donated to there, and we're going to sell it to you guys. All right, so one, you could maybe bring something to support, um, bring us a slice or some muffins or something. Another one is to be a patron, to come prepared to support the guys. We're having the kids in there that are going to be serving. So if, even just by being there and encouraging them, sort of like gives them a sense of value as well, that what they're doing is something fantastic, okay? We're teaching them to serve. We're teaching them to um, help bring in the finances for themselves. But, um, but most of all, it's just about a passion to serve. You know, a passion to serve, passion to love God. So I've got a photo. If you, if you just check up the photo there. And you know, I just spoke to you about kids, and, um, and we're believing for 50 kids. That photo, okay, it might not. Ah, have a look at that. That is only 30 kids, okay? It's not a lot. 50 kids is not a big ask, okay? That's 30 kids. So those are your kids. Whether you own them or not, they're your kids. This is your family. So I just want to say thank you for your time. I want to say thank you to everybody that so far has stepped up, especially with sponsoring a kid. Uh, we have our little operation, Let None, Let None Be Left Behind. Um, and we're tracking pretty well. It's pretty exciting. My whole team's pretty excited. So thank you to each and every one of your people. Awesome. Thank you, Bretsky. Man, that's a great photo. And just remember, the catch line, they're all our kids. And just remember, our children are our future, but they're not just the future of your family or of church. They're actually the future of the body of Christ. And we have an opportunity to sow into children right now so that they get what most of us may never have got. I know that I grew up in a family where we didn't even have Jesus. We never went to church. My mum was the only one, and she never put any expectation on us. But because of her faithfulness and because she sowed into other children, some of us are starting. Amen. Amen. Hey, welcome to church tonight. If you don't know me, my name's Horawai. I'm one of the pastors here. It's good to see you here. I know that you have all come. I was asking a question on the way here to God, and I was saying, Lord, why do people come? And he said, well, why do I come? And I said, because I come because I want to hear from you, because I can hear from him in my personal life, but I also want to know that what I'm hearing is him. And as I come into the house of the Lord, and as I start to worship and connect my heart to the house, 
what I hear on stage is normally confirming things that God has already placed in my heart. So this morning, I don't want you to hear Huruai. What I want you to hear is Jesus speaking to you. Now, how, how would you know whether it's Jesus speaking to you? I'm going to run through some stuff. And if you believe that this is God speaking, if this is the word of God, say amen. So, is Jesus the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Oh, very good. Is he the author and finisher of our salvation? Amen. Very good. So, obviously, we are on par. The thing is, is when you hear something from God, don't just say amen to try and make me feel better. Say amen because you are saying amen to him because he's speaking to you. There's a story in the Bible, and it goes like this. After Jesus had taught 5,000 people, they were all hungry. And his disciples came to him and said, send them home or send them off. Let them go and feed themselves. Jesus said, no, we will feed them. And here's the thing. A boy came with some loaves and fishes to Jesus and presented it to Jesus. Jesus took that and he fed each individual person with exactly what they wanted. And this morning, I believe that God wants to feed you with exactly what you need. Not what I need. I'm, I'm believing for something. I know you will be believing for something. See, we don't all come together just out of randomness. We come together because there is a design and a plan and a purpose that God is pulling his body together. Every single person that God calls in is him bringing the body together. So this morning, I had a word prepared. I'm still going to use part of it. But also, what I really want you to do is take the portion that belongs to you this morning. You don't have to take all of it. Just take the portion that belongs to you. So we're going to do one thing first. Uh, AV team, can you chuck up the Lord's Prayer, please? Should come up. I think it's always good that we should always start on the same page together. Because even just starting on the same page right now, some people could be hungrier than others. Others could be, well, they could have just had something and they're coming quite satisfied. But I want to unify all of us together. So, do we have believers in the house? Amen. Amen. Why don't we all pray together? And this is Jesus giving us the example. So when you pray this, you're not praying this because I asked you to. You should be praying this because Jesus said it. And Jesus is saying, this is how we ought to pray together. So why don't we all pray together? Ready? Our Father who is in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom forever and ever. 
Amen. Amen. Even if you just came and you prayed that and that was your first prayer today, you have done well. You have now just opened yourself up to receive your daily bread, your daily portion. You've not only done that, you've recognized the Father in heaven. You've glorified Him. You even spoke and said, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Do you know that every single one of us, there is this book written about us, and in that book has exploits and deeds that we will all do, that we will all achieve. But here's the thing, there are many stories, and they are examples for us of people who walked the earth just like us, flesh and blood, who may not have started on the right side. For example, there's a story of Moses. When Moses was born, Pharaoh was after him, wanted to kill him. Why? Because God had a plan and a purpose for his life. Right now, I'm telling you, God has a plan and purpose for every single life in here. That is why you will face hardship. You will face hardship because he's trying to stop God's plan from coming to pass for your life. But what I love about it is I don't want to labor on what the devil was doing. I want to talk about what God was doing because greater is he. I'm telling you, greater is he than any circumstance or situation that you will ever face in your life. Moses separated from his mum at birth, sent off down the river. She didn't even know where he was going, but God did. God knew exactly the plan for Moses' life. He put Moses in a place for Moses to learn. Now, people may say, well, I never got put into a nice home and a nice flash roof. God knows how much pressure we can handle. God knows that some people, I need them to be here because this is where they will influence. I need them there in the body. For others, I need them here in the body. Overall, God knows exactly where we're supposed to be in his body. But if we look at the circumstances and situations, just like Pastor Kate was talking about, we need to lift our eyes back up, lift our eyes on Jesus. He is the source. He is the answer. He is the one that will help each and every one of us. It isn't our own ability. Our own ability won't get us very far at all. And I don't need to tell you guys that because I'm a human being just like you are. We think that we're all this and so much more, but we're not. And even though we can stand up in front of people, do this, do that, actually we do realize that that is mainly a mask or a facade that we will all put on. Because in the secret place where God sees us, that's the real us. And that's why we need him to empower us. Even when Moses, here's the thing, as soon as you start to awaken or God starts awakening you to his call, we can tend to do things that probably in hindsight and with a bit more wisdom, we wouldn't. But we call that zeal. We call that passion. Moses did that. Moses heard something, intervened because of the people. When God starts to speak to us, we tend to start to want to intervene because of people. However, we probably need a bit more wisdom before we intervene. Otherwise, we do what Moses did. We do things outside of God's will. But even if we did, here's the faithfulness of God. 
Moses runs into the back. God is still with him. And at the right moment again, he shows himself in the burning bush. And that's, some, that's right there should be something for all of us. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where your children are. It doesn't matter where your partners are. At the right moment, God will intervene. But you have to lift him up and you have to keep your eyes on him and stop trying to control the situation. Stop trying to slip little things in. Even into conversations, we can slip a little bit in just to see. It's like we're fishing. The only problem is, is most of the time we got to slip it in and the fish that we slipped it into is a shark. And it tends to bite back harder. So I want to encourage you, look to Jesus. He is the great I am. You know, and that's for everyone. It doesn't matter how many years. God will bring people in. Why? Because he has a plan and a purpose for them. There's another guy in the Bible, David. David was another man. And it was funny, last night when at the meeting, Pastor Abraham Charles lined up these people and he started to talk about David. And I'm thinking, no. But then I thought, actually, that is awesome. Because obviously, I'm also hearing as well. But the story about David was they didn't choose him. See, when the prophet went, Samuel, because God said, go and anoint the next king. They didn't choose him. They left him. They lined up every other person before him. And what did Samuel say? It's not this one. It's not this one. It's not this one. Because God was saying, I know the one that's supposed to be. God is saying to people here right now, you are the one that he is choosing to reach people. Not anyone else, you. Now, you may have grown up in a family that told you, just get out of the way. We'll take care of this. I've got uh, four older brothers and two older sisters. And I come from a family where actually we have a hierarchy. And the hierarchy uh, have disputes at times because they're trying to shift each other out of the hierarchy. I'm the seventh in the family of nine. And I spent most of my time away from my family. So at the age of 14, I left home and I moved to Auckland. And I didn't move back to my family until I was about 19, I think it was, 18 or 19. So I spent a good little chunk of four years away from my family. Now, I'm not encouraging you young people to do that. You do that, I'll send your parents after you. But back, back then, I left and I went on my own journey. But was God faithful? Absolutely. Did I know him? No. When I went to Auckland, I knew no one. Did he get me a job? Yes, I was 14 years old. I shouldn't even have been employed, but he got me a job. Why? Because he cared for me, because he placed something in my spirit and said, one day I'm going to need you, so I need to take care of you right now until the day I call you. So I'm up in Auckland thinking I'm all this, but actually I wasn't, because really inside of me, I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't know how I was going to provide for myself. I didn't even know anyone in Auckland, but God was faithful to me. Even when I wasn't faithful to him, even when I didn't know him, he was faithful. And he not only provided me with a job, he provided me with a home, he provided me with friends. And when I came back, I came back with a lot of money 
and a good lifestyle. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are today, He still knows you. He has never forgotten you. He has never forgotten the plan for your life. You may have, but He hasn't. Some of you may be even sitting here thinking, well, I don't even know what that plan is. That's okay. He knows. He will place you with the right people. And that's what happened. David wasn't even chosen. But God knew him. And what did God do? Through many trials and tribulations in David's life, he exalts him one day in front of the whole of the people around him. And that was Goliath. The day he met Goliath. And the day he met Goliath was the day he stood up and he recognized not only what he had inside of him, but he also recognized the training ground God had given him. Because actually it wasn't about him being this great person. It was only about him being him. And when he was out there and he was worshiping and he was with the sheep and he was talking to God, when he finally came before his peers again, he was changed. Same story with Joseph. Joseph in the Bible sold off into slavery, brought back, one day rises to be second in command of all of Egypt. And who came to him? All those who once despised them. I'm telling you, there'll be people that are around you that despise you. They think you're actually quite crazy or loopy. That every time you go to talk about Jesus, roll their eyes, try and over talk you. In fact, they will even try and chuck scripture at you to get you caught. And what do we do? Ride into that trap by saying, no, 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 the word of God. And then they've got us. We lose our peace and we lose everything, meaning the argument. I'm telling you, God is faithful. He is the great I am. He knows you. He knows when you were born. In Psalms 139, it says that he was there. He watched you being formed. Do you know why he knows every word that comes out of your mouth before you even speak? Because we don't speak with our mouths verbally. We speak with our hearts. And so we could be all sitting in this room right now, and there'll be some conversation going on in your heart. That's the conversation that Jesus is listening to. He's not listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth. He's listening to the words that are coming from your heart and my heart. And this is where we should never get trapped or fooled thinking that it's all about what comes out of the mouth. Because it isn't. It's what's coming out of the heart. That's what matters. Look at Peter. How many of us have been Peters in our lives? Walked with the Lord. Hallelujah. Seen things that are just mind-blowing. Seen people healed. Seen people restored. Seen God's hand at work. And yet we deny Him. How do we deny Him? We get into a certain crowd who don't talk about Jesus, who don't like Jesus, and suddenly we become Peter. When they say, oh, you go to that church. You're one of those happy clappies. You're one of those raise your hands. And you sit there and you say, oh, no, 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 that's not me. It might be someone else. 
I got a twin brother. We can be Peter. Here's the thing. God understands that. He's not going to condemn you. See, the Word of God says in Romans 8, verse 1, it says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Does he know we're going to act up? Yes. Does he know we're going to draw back? Yes. How do we know? Because there's example after example after example after example in the Bible that talks about people just like you and I who did great exploits and then withdrew. Elijah, didn't he do a great exploit? Called fire down from heaven in front of all of the non-believers, in front of all of the believers. Everyone was like, wow, that is awesome. And then he's running, hiding, because the conversation in his heart, not what people saw or what they heard. I'm here to tell you, you may run, but you cannot run from God. Because Jesus is always after you. He is in hot pursuit. Is this saying, what is he? Omnipresent. Everywhere. So even though you may turn up present, so everyone can see you, your heart may not even be here. It could be somewhere very different. And he knows that. What is he trying to get us to do? Not only show up, but show up. Because when we show up, when we show up, he shows up. And this is why we can be in a service, we can be out in our workplaces, at home, in our families, with friends. And you think, man, I don't feel God here with me. That's because God is wherever you are. The real you, not the physical you, the real you. So wherever the real you is, that's why you can't feel where God is. What am I saying? I can be at home. The TV can be on. I can be looking at it, physically present, but have no idea what's going on on that screen because my heart is somewhere else. My mind has gone where my heart is. So if you want to know where your heart is, check your mind. I will check mine. I check it every day. Where am I? Am I present? Am I present not only physically, but am I present spiritually? My heart, is it here in the moment? Because if it isn't, then how am I supposed to know that Jesus is with me? Amen. Here's another one. There's a woman, she comes, actually she didn't even come, she was brought by accusers. How many people have been accused before? No, 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 not of, not of things under the law. I mean, uh, just accused that you were doing stuff that you knew you weren't supposed to do. In God, and, and yeah. yeah, a few hands went up there, and I, and I was in the prison ministry too, so. I'll just keep looking. But, you know, here's the thing. People can even bring you to people and try and accuse you. But I want to tell you, Jesus does not accuse you. 
that thing that happened in the Bible with that lady, he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. When the accusers brought her and said, this is the type of lifestyle she's living. This is this woman. You should condemn her. By the law, she was condemned. But I'm here to tell you that there's only one person who can rewrite laws, and that's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because if he wasn't the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he wouldn't have been able to rewrite that law. Because only the king can relight the law. And when he turned around and said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they've all gone, Lord. And he said, neither do I accuse you. And that's a word today. He is, he is not here to accuse you of the things you have done. He is here to set you free. He's here to lift you up. He's here to build you up. He's here to say, come on. Remember there was this time in your life. I'm not interested. I'm interested in the now. I'm interested in the future. Each and every one of us have something we can do for Christ. We have to believe that. We have to bring our heart from the past into the now so it can look to the future. If it's kept in the past, it won't look anywhere. And I know that's true because I've been there. See, it doesn't matter how we get to the feet of Jesus. What matters is what happens when we're there. It doesn't matter whether someone brought you, forced you, conned you, told you there was food, free food at that. I've been there. I've been that person who came along thinking it was going to be one thing, got there and it was something totally different. I've even been the person on the other side that turned around and said to people, you know what, when you get there, it's going to be great. Man, the worship's going to be awesome. The Word's going to be awesome. Oh, we're going to have this awesome person up there speaking. You're going to be touched and impacted. We walk in. It's like, what happened to the worship team? Who are these people? And then I look around and I told them, you know, when we won't be doing all the happy, clappy stuff. We'll be fine. You'll be good. And then I walk in and everyone's dancing and clapping. And I'm like, no. And everything inside me starts to pull back and withdraw. And I think, why, Lord? And you know what he said? Because you invited them to something that you tried to control. I was inviting them just to come into my presence. And here I am thinking all of these things have to be lined up and perfect for people to come in. No, people come in because Jesus calls them in. Our role is to be ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors means we are just to go out there and tell people about Him. The Word of God says we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. If you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, talk about your citizenship. Why would people want to come and live in New Zealand? Because the citizens... Tell people what New Zealand is like. That's why people come. How many people do you see rushing over to the war-torn zones where everyone's exodusing? Oh, except for the Christians. They're all going in there. Or aid is going in there. But that is not a place you pick for a lifestyle unless you are sent there. Why are we, why is this thing and I'm not political, but why all of a sudden in New Zealand are we talking about immigration more and more and more and more? Because there are many people around the world wanting to come to New Zealand. And here we are sitting in this beautiful country, Aotearoa, 
And where's our hearts? Roaming. On a hikoi. Walkabout. And Jesus has tried to get us back and just say, stay put, stay focused. That's why the best way to grow in the kingdom of God is to be planted and rooted in a house where you can get not only support, you can make friendships, you have good, strong relationships that will last you. Not while you're alive, but will last eternity. That's why it's important that we plant ourselves because we're looking eternity, not just the here and now, not five to ten years down the track, eternity. And I want to encourage you, be planted. Plant yourself. Start to grab all the good nutrients that are in the ground. You know, we've got great pastors here. Apostle Mike and Joy. You know, when I came into this house eight to nine years ago and I sat towards the back and I listened, I thought to myself, man, this stuff that was being shared on this platform will grow me. But I had to make that choice. And when I made that choice, I pulled my heart from every other place that it was scattered in. And what I mean by that, it could be looking in a book, it could be looking on the internet, it could be looking at other churches. I pulled all of that in and brought it back to myself and said, now I'm going to plant. And when I heard that uh, Pastor Dave and Kate were coming in to take over, my heart just jumped for joy because God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this is a, a lineage, an inheritance coming down from God for us. But I want to encourage you, bring your heart back to the center, your center, because when you bring it back to your center, you'll find Jesus will be right there. Amen. So whatever brought you to that place, at the feet of Jesus. It's between you and Him, not me. I've asked the worship team to come up early because I want us just to sing because I wanted you to give you the opportunity to bring your heart in, to pull it all back together into one whole piece. Because when it's there, you will find Jesus will not only step in and touch you right now, but you will receive your answer for whatever is taking place in your life. Because that's what you need. And that's why you came. That's what I need. That's why I come. So why don't we all stand to our feet? Can we just bring the lights down, please, Georgia? I want to bring the lights down so that we have a time just to focus. And as the worship team just starts to lead us again, I want you, just like I'm going to, turn my focus back on Jesus and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, present. Lord, come and touch me. Touch me afresh.
every single person that has a question for him, when he touches you, ask him the question. He will answer you. And don't be afraid if he answers you in a way you did not expect. Because that was the one thing he said to the woman after he said, neither do I accuse you. He said this one thing that changed her life forever. He said, go and sin no more. In other words, okay, I know that now that you've returned to your center, your heart is back in you. I'm going to tell you now, now's your place to move forward. hearts back to you today. Come and touch us afresh today, Lord. Death could not hold Death could not hold you. There's no time before you. Silence No. 
When you come to the master's feet, you will find every answer you need. So right now, if you are at the master's feet for the first time and you have never been here before, I want to lead all of us in a prayer. You don't need to come up. You picture the master's feet because this is your special moment with him. And the rest of us are going to pray with you who have been at the master's feet. But also I want to encourage those who may not have been at the master's feet for some time to also pray, rededicate, come back to him. So why don't we all just pray together? So if you'd follow me in a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for calling me back. Thank you for always being with me. Forgive me, Lord, for straying from you and for leaving your presence. 
I ask now that you would come back into my life. That you would be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That from this day forward, that you would help me, work with me, empower me to become the person you designed me to become. So I thank you, Lord God, that you are with me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen and Amen. Amen. You know, church, it wouldn't be right if you were still here and you wanted someone to stand with you in prayer over whatever it may be. I'm just going to open the altar up. I'm not going to give any altar call for very specific things or anything. If you need prayer, come up and we will pray for you. But I want to thank everyone for coming. I want to encourage everyone to come tonight. Come into the presence of the Lord. Come in and worship Him. Come in and give your very best to Him tonight, 6.30. And watch what He does because He loves people. He loves people. And even if you come and you say, well, actually my life is all together. I want to encourage you. Come, bring someone else with you. Come and watch God loving on people and what He will do in people's lives. It will blow your mind. It will recenter you back in Christ once again, where you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus came to save. Jesus loves. Jesus loves every single person. So I want to encourage you, come tonight. And just for the visitors, if you're new, Please come down the back. We'd love to meet you.